Welcome to Living Water Radio. Today we're going to talk about Zoom, software that is being used for worship, Bible study, Christian education, and more. We're going to discuss what this virtual technology can do to strengthen the Christian community during this pandemic and what it can't do. We're going to look at the Bible's Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, beginning at the 19th verse. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament about four-fifths of the way through the Bible. My name is Pastor David Birkedahl. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I graduated from St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota, and Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary in Berkeley, California. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California and San Dimas, California for over 40 years. I worked a variety of blue-collar summer jobs in college and seminary, served in the Marine Corps, played drums and jazz bands through college and seminary and a little beyond, and was a competitive master swimmer on a team before the pandemic. Today, doing gardening and landscape maintenance is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. We are seeing a lot more face masks when people walk by our house or out in the world when we have to go somewhere. In fact, we live in a place, I think, where someone could walk down the street in their underwear and the only looks they would get would say, where's your face mask? They wouldn't yell because it's still California, but you'd know. We are also at a point now in the COVID-19 pandemic that we have begun to see more and more pressure to go back to the way things were. I understand that. But I also know that while the early bird gets the worm, the second mouse gets the cheese. And it seems that as Christians, even while we long for the return of physical corporate worship together, we're getting somewhat used to substituting digital community for physical presence. You may be working from home and doing a lot of your work on Zoom video conferencing software. Zoom recently estimated that there are 300 million daily participants. Maybe you're accustomed to seeing faces in boxes along rows and columns. Maybe you're used to having to think about what people will see in the background of your video image and to remember to wear pants, as Will Reeve, Christopher Reeve's son, a reporter for ABC News, found out when sharp-eyed viewers noticed that he was wearing a sport coat, shirt, and boxers the other day during his reporting on Good Morning America. He later claimed they were workout shorts. Musicians and choirs have been very creative in using the Zoom medium. Churches have used Zoom for worship, Bible studies, committee meetings, youth groups, and even Sunday school. Zoom is very popular, even with the security concerns that have resulted in government agencies and businesses banning its use. As far as I'm concerned, if China wants to eavesdrop on our Bible studies, that's wonderful. But not everyone can be that open. As its popularity rises, so does the competition. Similar software, old and new, from Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and Skype, and others are gaining traction. I have to say, though, that I have some reservations regarding its use in worship. Certainly, it's the best we can do at this time of social distancing and flattening the curve. And I'm not opposed to the use of video conferencing apps for worship. What gives me pause is the way it is set up. Worship is directed at God. It's facilitated by worship leaders, but its focus is on God. Worship is corporate, a body, 
It is done in the name of and in the presence of God present for the gathered community, a body. Here's what Matthew has to say in his gospel, Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 through 20. Again, truly I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. In the name of is not a magic incantation. A person's name was believed to contain the true reality of the person who bore that name. To act in the name of Jesus means to be consistent with the personal reality of God, to be on the same wavelength as God's will, to be in tune with God's desires. If two Christians say they agree on something, it doesn't happen by magic. It happens because they are acting in accord with what God is doing. I think that's what Pastor Rick Warren was saying when he said that we should not pray that God would bless what we are doing, but that God we would do what God is blessing. Christ is present in community because we are gathered in the reality of God, not just as a collection of individuals. So am I just an old guy, uncomfortable with the new technology? Should I, hey, get off my lawn. Oh, sorry. Zoom gatherings make it very hard to read cues from faces and body language, in my opinion. It's very difficult to have a sense of others without these cues. When the congregation enters worship, staring at other congregation members in digital boxes, we no longer have corporate worship, but many individuals doing the same thing simultaneously. We even more easily become spectators, or we pay our, play our part as in a play. I could be wrong. Ask me again a year from now and I may feel differently. But it seems to me that Zoom takes the focus off the community and places it onto the individual. Everyone is looking at you, at least you feel that way, and if you want to be seen. You could take yourself off video to get breakfast, get another cup of coffee, answer the phone, worship in your pajamas, because you just don't have the interest in getting dressed, whatever. And what happens when this is over and our churches are open again? Will those people get up, get dressed, and drive? Will they return to actual, messy, real community? Or will they prefer to be virtually there, not really there? How far then will we be from put your hands on the TV and feel the power? Will we have become so accustomed to convenience that we will expect worship to conform to our desires? When we first return, and we will return, when churches are allowed to worship corporately, we will likely have to live with social distancing, leaving six feet between people or safer-at-home families, and two or three rows or pews in front and behind us. On the plus side, that means that our churches will be full again. On the other hand, seniors and those with compressed immune, compromised immune systems will likely be discouraged from attending worship, even under those conditions. For now, it's the best we can do. And our next step may be small house churches that all gather for large celebrations only periodically. Who knows? So when it's safe and we do go back, go back to worship. Be a living part of the living body of Christ. Whatever form our worship takes, our goal as congregations is always to worship. The Danish philosopher and theologian Soren Kierkegaard said that the question we should ask after worship is not, what did I get out of that? But 
how did I do? I might be bold to expand that idea to ask, how did we do? We have been given a living relationship with the living God, one that assures that God will never leave, leave us, that we are still loved, and that we are saved by God's unearned love. We belong to the corporate reality, the body of Christ, the whole Christian church on earth, all of us together seeking to love God and serve our neighbor. That is what sustains and will sustain us through this pandemic. Today, let us remember to pray for all those awaiting a vaccine. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at the Revs David and Sally at gmail.com and we'll send it to you. Put your prayer requests in the comments section and we'll include them next time. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your hearts to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who alone gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend or family member. Google it. Do some research. Look around. Phone the pastor. When you have one, go to or tune in to the worship services they have currently available for you. And support the church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully, fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google your local hotline or the national ones. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in one. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, including those who sacrifice their security to provide for yours and for those you are sheltering with in isolation. That's it. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people in the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.